Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Erskine. And today we have two very special guests with us. We have Colonel Retired Frank Chapman, and he used to be the training site manager um, of McCready, which back then used to be called Leesburg Training Site. And we also have Master Sergeant Retired Curtis Hallman, and he's currently the maintenance manager out here at McCready McCready Training Center. Yeah, yeah. So, gentlemen, it's uh, it's honored to have y'all with us, and for y'all to take time out of your day to come sit down and kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of the history of of McCready. Uh, I mean, we all, I guess, current soldiers, you know, we know it as the training center that it is, but I guess it didn't always uh, wasn't always this this grand. Uh, and that's what you were talking about a little bit before the show with us when you started out here. It was not McCready Training Center, correct? That is correct. Um, so what was it? What was it when you you first got out here? What was the landscape of this area when you first got here? Well, I came out here in May of 1977, and the headquarters building was 3930, which is is right across the way here. And uh, there were a lot of Quonset huts. All this row here had Quonset huts that had been sprayed with foam insulation to, uh, to uh, keep them cool in the in the summer and and warm in the winter and and the, the buildings over on the other side on the east side were were uh kind of like clapboard some of them had some green siding on it and was later uh, replaced with uh, with some updated siding and of course a lot of them now are concrete but uh, there was uh, 283 acres and it was mainly used by uh, for annual training, and then the uh, the uh, National Guard's Officer Candidate School called Palmetto Military Academy came out here in the summer also. But it was mainly an annual training site and a weekend training site. People would come on the weekends, and they would stay here, and, and then they would do uh, training out on Fort Jackson property. Now... Uh Sir, you, you do the maintenance currently now. Did you do the – were you in kind of the same position when you first came out here, or what was your first introduction to the McCready training site area? We came out uh, early on, like Colonel Chapman said, and uh, with, from the unit, from Batesburg D Company at that time, we hauled dirt in to build embutments in for bridges, which Saluda was driving uh, pilings and that kind of stuff. So we did a lot of that early on to build this – starting where it's at today now um as far as you mentioned that it was mainly used as annual training where at what point in time in 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 the history of this facility did we start seeing a shift in in the purpose of this this land in this area out here okay excellent question and and let me proceed to answer that question by saying that uh one of the issues we had was we could not get money to support the site because we didn't have the usage. And in order to get the usage up, we needed to get facilities. And so we were kind of in a loggerhead. And, and so we ended up getting uh, some buildings uh, from Fort Jackson that were left over from the hospital complex. And we cut them in half, and we'd move them out here, and we would repair them. We could spend $3,000 a year, and... Uh, 
uh, we would spend, we'd bring them out here in August and we'd spend $3,000 on them in September and then we'd spend another 3000 in October, one fiscal year to other. So we started getting usage up some, uh, that, and that happened during the 80s, maybe early 80s. Um, and I don't know, when did you come on board, Curtis, full-time? 84, 85. Yeah. So were you here? You were here when we started doing some of that too, weren't you? Yes, sir. Okay. So, at any rate, somewhere along that time, eighty-four, eighty-five, mid-eighties, whatever, uh, General Marchant, who was the general at the time, came out here, and and uh, met with me, and he said, National Guard Bureau has asked us if we want to to uh, put a school out here, if we will, we're willing to let. Uh, one of their uh, leadership uh, uh, leadership academies and uh, MOS and and uh, that sort of thing come out here and and set up a schools program. And he says my staff and USPFO have advised against it because it would be a lot of trouble. <laughs> and, and so uh, he said, "But what do you think?" I said, "Hell, sir! If, if if we don't get that and we don't get the usage up, this place is not going to grow." And so he did, and and so you know we got all the school stuff out out here. It started coming in, and we built buildings, and and so so the place grew from that. And I'm not sure exactly what year it was, but I would guess it was somewhere around eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, long in there somewhere is when, when that happened. So you know that that's when it really started growing, and then we got the contract from two hundred eighty three acres to <clears throat> to fourteen thousand acres. Uh, of, uh, of of lease agreement so that we could spend money on roads and tank trails and culverts and and get equipment to maintain the tank trails and all. So it's now 14, I guess 14,000 acres, isn't it, Brad? Still 15. 15 now, now. And so it, that grew from 283 when we first came out here. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Whenever we come out here for drilling, I <laughs> you get lost in the woods, and I'm like, I've never been down this road. And that makes sense. I didn't realize that we had that much acreage out here. That's crazy to think about. Now, he mentioned uh, he, you came on around the mid-'80s full-time and, yes. and whatnot. And so you were kind of in the, in the heat of it as far as the, the build-up process. Oh, yes, uh, now, what, what, was, what was that experience like for you, and, and, and where were you at position-wise at that time? Were you in charge of stuff? <laughs> were you, you know, just one of the workers at that point in time kind of – Tell me what it went from your, your viewpoint. Well, like Colonel Chapel was saying, when the buildings was moved in back here, uh, I came on board as a carpenter, so we tore out stuff, put new stuff in. So everything that was on the building themselves, I got to quite talk with my hand. Everything <laughs> that was in the buildings, we, we basically tore it out, hauled it out, and put in new electrical, new plumbing, new everything. So I was a part of that. So uh, I stayed with the ADSW program for that off and on, and then, Later got hired, uh, full-time state employee, so I've been here ever since with that. And then, you know, I always loved the equipment and everything, so Colonel Chapman seen a position there for a grounds maintenance guy, so it's moved from grounds maintenance right on up to different things. So, uh, now, you mentioned that and the fact that you came on as a state employee. What, what, what have you seen as far as the progression of the maintenance of this facility and stuff? Well, when I came here, we had <laughs> – just about zero equipment. Okay. There was two lawnmowers, which now they was, uh, other than the buildings that was being renovated back here, 
there was a line of buildings here and a line of buildings over there. That was about the extent of it. Uh, but we, we've come a long way. Uh, there was no vehicles. We had a sedan, a half-ton pickup truck, and a stake body. That was all the vehicles that was here, and we managed with that. Uh, no tools, no, <laughs> no equipment. Uh, so we have come a long way. Uh, we was in the early early 90s when we got a new tractor of sorts. We were, year 2000, we got the first new truck. Uh, everything before that had been hand-me-downs, uh, like the buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's been a work in progress. Now, um, one other thing that people might not realize, and I, I'm going to make the assumption that they probably weren't here when all this kind of got kicked off, but there are some uh, soldier comfort items that I guess have been added to the McCready Training Center, such as the chapel and the, the USO folks and um, the shop at and stuff. When did – when did because, I mean, you could almost look at this as a, a microcosm of like a full-size base. When did that kind of transformation start happening out here and saw that movement? Before I, <clears throat> before I tell you about the chapel, let me tell you, <laughs> tell you about the equipment. Okay. Uh, Curtis said we didn't have any equipment. And, and so the equipment, the bulldozers and motor graders and all – belonged to the 122nd Engineer Battalion. And so they would leave their equipment down here and we would use it uh, during the week and they would come on the weekends. It just so happened that we were in real good with the commander of the 122nd at the time, who happened to be me. And, and, and so it was real easy to get the equipment. And, and so we used that for a long period of time. And I think even, even when I left, there was still equipment that belonged to the 122nd Engineer Battalion that we used. Yeah, and I think the engineering companies still do a fair amount of training and work out here from what yeah. I understand, which yeah. that's kind of where it all started from then, I guess. Uh, somewhere in the 80s, uh, maybe a little later on, uh, 86, 87, or whatever, General Marchant was still the adjutant general, and he came out here one day and he said, I want a chapel. And so... Uh, we went to Fort Jackson and asked them about their chapels because still we couldn't build a chapel. Didn't have the authorization to build it and couldn't get the funding, et cetera. So uh, they had a, uh, uh, a chapel they were going to tear down uh, on Tank Hill. And they said, you can have it if you want it. And so uh, we started raising money. We did a, a Chapel 50 run where people left here and, and walked and ran all the way down Golden Line Road and Screaming Eagle Road and Hartsville Guard Road and back into Tank Hill at Fort Jackson, which was 25 miles. And then we turned around and came back, and people put X amount of dollars on each mile, X amount of money on, on each mile that, that the people ran. So raised a little money that way. And then then we put it out to bid for to, to move it, and... Uh, Oswalt bid on it. Melvin Bradley bid on it. And Melvin Bradley from Saluda was low by several thousand dollars, maybe ten or twelve thousand dollars. So, so he he hooked it up, moved it. Now, I made him out here one one Sunday. It's kind of an aside, kind of a funny thing. He was he was not not your normal um, by the book house mover. And so he wasn't real big on permits and stuff like that. So, 
<laughs> so he was, and, and we had to have because the Colonel's Creek Bridge down here was was uh, uh, suspect as far as crossing it. They had to put something like fifty tires under it with all those dollies and everything to get the chapel across the bridge. And, and it was one Sunday morning. I came out here to see what they were doing, and they were down at the bridge, and I was down there talking to them, and they were getting everything set up. And, and here come the state transport people, the law enforcement transport people. They knew Melvin, and they did some pleasantries and all, and Melvin said, what's the fine today? And they said, uh, I think they said $150. And so he pulls out 150 and gives it to them, and they thank him, and they leave. And Melvin looked over at me, and he said, it's just so much easier to do it this way. <laughs> so he brings it, and he puts it out here, and we set it up. And then, then we had a lot of work done on it, and the full-time people here at Curtis and, and, uh, and uh, who, who was our head carpenter back then, Curtis, uh, from Batesburg? Harvell Addy. Yeah, yeah Harvell Addy. He was kind of in charge of, of doing, the, doing the carpenter work in the chapel, and we got it fixed up. And, and I guess it's still being used, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So okay. I'll shut up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. I know. I know. I've, um, the reason I ask is I actually I, I went in there with a lot of the chaplains from the state, and we did they did some training in there. I was lucky enough to be a part of it, doing some interviews and things like that. And it's actually, if you haven't been in it, it's actually super nice on the inside. And units donated windows for it, stained glass yeah, windows stained and all, glass. and you'll see the units mm-hmm. uh, depiction on it. Oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting piece out here. Um, so... Back to kind of the, the, the growth of the facility in the area and stuff like that. As things have broadened and more buildings have come out here, as far as maintenance, y'all have been able to grow the maintenance section. And there goes there, there goes some <laughs> folks hard at work right now. Uh, but y'all have been able to grow the maintenance section. I mean, at what point in time, I guess, did y'all actually become a maintenance section? Because it sounded like it was a lot of kind of piecemeal at the beginning. When did, you know, they finally say, here, we need maintenance, and we're going to start, you know, going from there. We worked out of back of pickup trucks. Uh, <laughs> seriously, we had the carpenters basically had a Q-hut down here. Uh, I worked out of a little 10 by 10, 12 shop and a pickup truck for a number of years with a couple of guys. Uh, like I said, we didn't have a whole lot to maintain. We had a lot of grounds to maintain, but the grounds, too, have grown along with everything else. The grounds actually grew faster than the equipment did early on. But we've been very fortunate over the last seven, eight years to get the things we need, uh, and we can move forward. So we've done good. Now, this is kind of a little bit of a jump-around question, but still on, on this point, you know, what do you think, you know, as far as that progression has gone? I mean, you see us continuing to grow with it, or you think we're hitting kind of a pinnacle, or, or what's your expectation? I won't say we're stagnant now, but we're. it's hard to get good help uh, that you can depend on. Uh, so uh, we're still growing. Still growing. Yeah. So still still room to, to keep expanding. Yes. Then. Okay. Um now, I guess back over to the training and the facility as a whole, um, it sounds like when it first started out, it was just South Carolina National Guard members, but if I'm understanding correctly. Um, but that has changed greatly over the years. Um, kind of what was the push or the incentive 
of, of why that started to happen because we got a little bit of everybody out here from the best I can tell now. Yeah, you know, sometime in the 80s, the Marines came out here with a detachment. I think it was part of one that was downtown, and they built a facility up on the uh, on the northeast side of the, of the compound. And uh, uh, they, uh, we had a little canteen at our headquarters building, which was not headquarters building now. It's the one right to the uh, uh, to the west of of the headquarters building now. And they'd come down and get sodas and all. And and Jim Braswell, his his boss, who was the the uh, uh, the uh, state employee, uh, the chief state employee. What was his? He was a maintenance supervisor. Yeah, maintenance supervisor. And so they would come in to get sodas or whatever, and the Marines. And Jim would always ask them, sitting there, which one are y'all? Are y'all? The few good ones or not, because they were only looking for a few good men. <laughs> Every time they'd come in, he'd say that. But uh, they built the uh, their facility, and I think we had already built the, the track, the two-mile track uh, at the time, and we had to uh, shorten it up a little bit when they built their facility and have it overlap. But we built a two-mile track around the uh, – the, uh, uh, the KD ranges, no distance ranges that were uh, just north of the northern part of the train site. Um, now, you start mentioning some of the training sites and stuff like that. And for us, the I guess newer soldiers in, in the guard and stuff like that, we've always had a lot of training out here between the mount site and uh, the different ranges and, of course, the schoolhouse. And now they have MOS schools or reclass that you can go through and things of that nature. That wasn't always the case, correct? Right, and and uh, we we had uh, what we call Code One Twenty Four Man Days, which were training site support, and we brought on several officers. Uh, uh, General Owens came came in uh, in the I guess the late eighties. He'd been on active duty, and we met down in Honduras, and he uh, he was thinking about getting off active duty, and we negotiated a plan, and I told him if. If he would get out of active duty, I'd have him a full-time job. And so he came to work out here, what, in about 88? Huh. Yeah, as and Code 124 mandates. And and we had some other people, other uh, lieutenants that were out here too, and they did a lot of the engineering work and did a lot of planning and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and General Owens was part of uh, the, uh, the new construction that went on in the late 80s. Also, the headquarters building he was project manager for, and and, and the uh, battle sim center, the first battle sim center, not the biggest one, and and so he did a lot of those projects too. So we, we had several people that were involved in that. And uh, uh, one other thing, and 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 Curtis, you might can tell me when it was, but uh, General McCready was always, I'm not General McCready, General uh, uh, March was always wanting stuff, and so. He comes out here one day and he says, "I want a pond." And so uh, that was—I guess you were here when he first came out here. I know you're involved in the construction, but uh, he said, "I want a pond." So we got contacted Clemson Extension Service in in Columbia and Fort Jackson, and they determined the area uh, uh, just uh, east of here that would support a pond. So uh, we cut the trees and. Uh, Curtis did most of the earthwork there, built a dam for it, and uh, 
it had three springs feeding that pond. And so Curtis was clearing it out. And Curtis, why don't you tell them what happened with the springs? It kind of disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Curtis was digging around, clearing things out, and the springs went away, all but one of them. (laughs) So we said, oh. It's made us still fed a little bit across the road. uh, But we we kept looking for little things and just never did materialize much. Uh, But the pond's been there a number of years. It's held well. It survived the 2015 flood. Mm-hmm. The water did actually go over the dam, so that's a, that was a blessing for us. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, the, the guy that built the dam must have done it right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I probably did 90% of it, but we had a guy, Mr. Emmanuel Weeks, from Soil and Water Conservation District that worked with me just about daily. And uh, we did make an error, and he come back and helped us fix it, and all is well. Yeah, uh, but the pond was not filling up because we only had one spring. <laughs> so we had, a, we had a problem. So we uh, had the water tower, and we had plenty of water. And so we ran a water line all the way from the tower there down to the pond. And it ran 24-7 until the pond filled up. And I don't know, that pipe may still be there, but uh, we ran it down. It went in right next to where the general's... Uh, Orders is now, and uh, and we filled the pond up. But also, those little buildings around the pond uh, didn't have any money. People were giving us stuff, and we were scrounging. And, and so, uh, I probably should let Curtis tell the story, but he goes to Fort Jackson with two 10-ton forklifts and low boys. And you want to tell them how you, how you got the... Uh, Houses. <laughs> we did we did some trade-offs with some uh, local uh, sawmill in Elgin, and he cut us some like very large timbers. So we picked the houses up with the timbers and the forklifts, and we backed the low boys under them, and we come down Leesburg Road with them. It was quite an experience, and we did well. Uh, the general's cabin was larger; we couldn't do that with that. So I rented steel from Oswald House Moving, and uh, one of his young uh, sons come over and helped me. Get it jacked up in place, and we come down the road with it too. <laughs> so I had a lot of a lot of good experiences with uh, Colonel Chapman early on, uh, and been here ever since, and still have some challenging experiences. But uh, it's been fun, it's been a good ride. And, and General Owens had, I think, when when he was at uh, at the FMO shop, he added some buildings around <coughs> Varn Lake. Now. Kind of talking about that, and you know, we've talked about the buildings going up and 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 kind of the growth of the thing, but you know, a huge undertaking whenever you're dealing with something like this, and people might kind of glaze over it, is the infrastructure that has to be in place to to deal with all this and and all the tank trails and stuff that we do have now, and the and the paved roads through the system, and, and you know, you can go around. There's everybody's got running water and all that kind of stuff, and. Uh, I mean, what kind of challenges was, was that like, especially, like I said, with a, a depleted maintenance group and then a, a lack of funds? Well, we did increase the full-time people. As the usage went up and the facilities grew, then we were authorized more people. So we were able to grow <coughs> uh, from the full-time staff. And then on the weekends, we had a uh, – a, uh, it was part of a TDA, Tables of Distribution and Allowance, that allowed us to put uh, M-Day soldiers on duty 
on the weekends and they would issue the buildings out to the people that were using it on the weekends. And so we had a weekend staff and then we had a full-time staff also. So obviously now that, uh, as things progressed, like you said, the, the full-time staff grew and M-Day grew. Um, you, you come out here today as you're visiting the facility and stuff. I mean, what do you think of where it is now? Well, it is obviously grown extensive. There's been a lot of work. There's new facilities. There's there's new units here. The Navy's here. My next-door neighbor uh, is uh, is does 185-day tours out here he is an e9 and works for the for the navy and wherever their facilities are he's here with them uh but he's he's off his 185 days now so that his his turtle is is in here taking his place and then he'll be back in another 185 days to <laughs> to complete that tour but it's just interesting to see the growth and 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 remember where it was when i first came out here and we were in in 3930 the whole staff Jim Brazel was there, and, and and maybe one other maintenance person, myself, and and maybe uh, our secretary. Uh, uh, but that was it. It was like three or four people. And then we built the facility down on the other end, moved down there, and then eventually the headquarters building. So it's 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 quite interesting, quite gratifying, and and a real pleasure to come out here and and and, and see the growth and see what's happened and see what. Uh, what all these these folks are doing now, and I, I know Mike's uh, Mike Godwin is 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 doing a lot of work here, and and I appreciate uh, Mike what you're doing, keeping the facility growing and uh, and flourishing. Um, when you started back here, did you ever think that this plot of dirt would be what it is today? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Well, you know, coming over here with the engineer battalion and watching it stay so small for so long, I never thought it would grow. <laughs> but the school, like Colonel Chapman said, the school brought in, and I think they already had some uh, weekend schools. Uh, B-Knock, uh, I think it was. They already had some of those down here. And once we got PLDC, things just continued to blossom, continued to grow, which was good. Uh, so we have just expanded you wouldn't believe over a period of 35 years, I guess. The uh, command sergeant major for the South uh, for the National Guard uh, throughout the United States was a guy named Frank Lever, <clears throat> command sergeant major Lever at National Guard Bureau. Well, uh, in the 80s, he came out here as an E6, and he was with an MP detachment in one of these buildings right through here, and he was the full-time administrator for the MP detachment as an E6. And uh, over the time, he became the school's commandant, and then he became the command sergeant major for the South Carolina National Guard. And then uh, they worked out a deal, maybe to get rid of him, I'm not sure, but (laughs) at any rate, he worked out a deal with the chief of the National Guard Bureau, (laughs) and so he ended up being the command sergeant major for the National Guard. So, yeah, and um, uh, with that being said, you know, obviously y'all were here for the foundation and, and, and got us going in the right direction on this thing. What do you think the, the possibilities are for the facility as as the Guard continues to progress this area? 
Well, a lot depends on the uh, national military strategy with the uh, with the National Guard and some reserve units and <coughs> the Marines and Navy and, and that sort of thing. But but as as the military grows, this is an ideal site to grow. There there's there's plenty of land. Uh, uh, it can be expanded and. And really, the, there's no limit to what can be done if the leadership is willing uh, to, to do that. And I think uh, the the um, the facilities, the the uh, 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 all the, the support, the water, sewage, all, everything associated with it can be expanded to take on whatever role the leadership wants it to take. Uh, got anything? No, you know, I, mean, okay, I just want to check. I don't want to overtalk you on this. Um, so, I guess you know this is something that we could probably sit down and we could probably talk another fourteen hours going through all the details of everything. But uh, uh, I guess is there anything that we maybe missed a story or something, something unique that you wanted to share that maybe we didn't get to ask about or, or cover as we kind of went through things. Well, there's all kind of stories. <laughs> Some of which uh -oh. are true. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's the hotline calling in but, the background. But, Carol. but Frank made mention of the buildings that we picked up and moved. His theory was uh, forgiveness rather than permission. So we moved the houses off of Morgan Loop to Fort Jackson and brought them out here. We had them all set up. Uh, a lot of the maintenance was not yet, I mean, they you know, hadn't been redone. Frank met me down in the hall one day. He said, by the way, we got permission to move to cabins now. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, the work had been done, in other yeah, words. So, yeah. uh, I, I've moved forward with that same theory on some occasions, and then whenever the environmental office come, to, come around, they kind of slowed us down on a lot of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the forgiveness is just not, not there anymore. <laughs> the folks from USPFO would periodically call me up and say, Frank, I'm not sure you can do that. According to regulations, <laughs> you are supposed to do so and so. And I said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute stop right there." I, I got to ask you a question. And I said, "What's well, that?" I said, "Am I breaking any laws?" <laughs> I said, well, no, I don't think so. But regulation, I'm, I'm okay with regulation. I just don't want to break any laws. <laughs> uh, well, you know, thank goodness y'all did take that kind of stance because who knows we we may not be at this facility right now in this capacity. Had y'all not been bold enough to kind of take those steps forward and see what the what the potential was of the area and make it make it what it is today? Sorry, I got I got a fly attacking me there. Sorry. Um, um, so yeah, um, you got anything to to end on there, Baker? No, you already answered all my. Questions. I answered all your questions. <laughs> yeah, you do that and, all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and it's a good thing that General Owens was not in the room when I brought yeah. that up about breaking laws. <laughs> that, <laughs> because, was a that was a time because comment. Because I, I kind of raised him from a pup, and so <laughs> if he makes any mistakes, it's really kind of my fault. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. So we but do it, <laughs> we do have a question from the audience. Actually, I've got two. Okay. So prior to the National Guard acquiring Leesburg training site at the time. I understand it was owned by uh, a part of the influx of training during World War II. Uh, so this was a range complex, is that not correct? Can you expound on that a little bit? It was uh, all these old berms that you see out here are part of what they call the KD ranges. 
known distance ranges. Uh-huh. And they were used during World War II for troops to come out here and, and train. As a matter of fact, in 1972, I was uh, engineer company commander on active duty at Fort Jackson. And we built the concrete pads out here for the tanks. That was before the Utes came here. And so there was, uh, there was a unit that had tanks, and my engineer company poured the pads for those in 1972. And, and, and it was, uh, I'm, I'm sure it was on lease to the guard at the time, but, but we did that work as active duty uh, okay. unit. Very cool. Um, and then you have one more? And there was one more. The history of the headquarters building, uh, can you expound on that for us? Yeah, uh, and, and General Owens, you'll have to keep me in track and make sure I don't say anything that's classified. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, we uh, we got some money to uh, to build some new facilities, end of the year money <clears throat> that sometimes came out. We had X amount of dollars. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but um, we had we hired a guy to design the, the headquarters building, and he brought the drawings and the rendering out here for me to look at it. And I was not real impressed with it. I didn't think it looked all that good from the front. He said, well, you know, this is just a start, and, you know, we can add on it to back if we need to and all. And so General McCready was – not General McCready, General Marchant was coming out, and uh, uh, he wanted to show the rendering to him. And I think General Marchant thought we liked it and all. So General Marchant looked at it. He said, oh, it looks great. That's great. I think we need to do it. So that was the decision. We did it. But – we put a lot of add and deducts, and what that was is in the in the in the bid price that we put out, uh, we put some things uh, in there that we could take out, such as uh, a metal roof, uh, uh, some of the interior work, some of the concrete block work, and that sort of thing. And Brad uh, General Owens was the project officer at the time, and he probably could tell you a lot more about it than I can. But uh, it, uh, 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 we had several deducts and that we had to employ, and then we had to use Code 124 mandates, troop labor, uh, various and sundry things to get it completed before we moved in. And I don't know whether y'all want to add anything to that or not. Well, I thought what was unique is how you got the interior wood and the reason it looks like a half a building. <laughs> yeah, the interior wood we we bought it from a uh, a company that specializes in uh, <coughs> importing uh, uh, South American mahogany and some of those stuff. We got it from downtown, and and they dry it and all. And then one of the uh, one of the workers here, Charles Price, who was who was a a E seven in the Saluda unit, one twenty second in Saluda, was was a master carpenter. And he he made the, uh, uh, the the paneling for several of those offices in there, which really made them look good, and several other interior things that we did. Um, and as far as adding on to the headquarters building, it kind of looks like half a building, especially if you look at it from the from the east or the west. You know, it looks like it might have been cut off. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, the thought was that we would probably expand on that. 
And that might be one of those future things you're talking about that yeah. we do down yeah. the road somewhere, yeah. maybe. We shall see. Go ahead and add another half of the building, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Curtis was always, uh, uh, as, as, especially as equipment operator, it was always busy. And he was a real hands-on person. And <clears throat> every time I would, I would go around to check on projects, Curtis would be down in the hole and doing stuff and all. He was kind of the leader that uh, led by example, so. We had a lot of interesting times and a lot of work done and a lot of fun doing it. Cool. I didn't tell too much to the Curtis. No, I thought we got to cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else got anything? Because y'all, y'all, y'all have more knowledge of this area than I do. Name, the name change when it changed. Yeah, like yeah. No, no, no. yeah, I don't know if we actually talked about that. I'll hope yeah. Did we talk about that? Well, actually, it was Leesburg when I left. Okay. Oh, so you yeah. so no. you weren't here for the name change. I wasn't here for the name change. Mm. And so it was changed to McCready. What you know when what year it was? It was after nineteen ninety. It was after, after January of ninety. For our listeners, if anybody knows the exact date of the <laughs> name change, how about throw it in the comment sections below? Uh, we'll have to do some research on that. Well, it was it was the wet site early on and when I came out here it was finally designated as a training site. And so, uh, for funding purposes at National Guard Bureau, you went from a wet site, which was weekend training site, to an actual training site. And uh, several years, uh, in the early 80s, we formed what we called the National, and it was the National uh, uh, Council. It was called the Training Site Advisory Council, TSAC. And I was a member of that. We negotiated with National Bureau on a lot of training sites throughout the United States, upgrading the training site managers uh, from GS whatever to whatever, getting additional people, getting additional funding and that sort of thing. And so it was real interesting working with that group, and we traveled all over, uh, mostly in the southeast, but uh, it affected training sites nationally. Outstanding. That's super cool. There's a lot of stuff still to learn uh, about this area and stuff. And it, it seems like there's a bunch of people that y'all can't see that are behind the <laughs> camera today. And, and they've all got like their own little piece of the puzzle of, of this thing because we have a pretty uh, wide range of time frame for being involved in, in this facility. I, I can only speak of it as a, as a user, uh, as a soldier who's used the facility and stuff. And it's been awesome. And I've been able to come out and cover a lot of interesting training and things like that. And uh, the main public affairs detachments in a building out here because this is where a lot of stuff goes on. And who would have thought, you know, like y'all said, when y'all had, you know, this little patch of ground out here with just a weekend training site that it would become, you know, this grant. All right. Well, we learned a lot of information about McCready Training Center today and, and what it used to be and what it is and hopefully what would have become one day. Um, so if you like the video, make sure you hit like, subscribe, hit the notification so you get new content and make sure you comment on the video so we can kind of know what we're doing well and what, what, what other future stuff we might do. I think we'll probably continue with a whole series of video because I think there's a lot to learn about the McCready Training Center. So keep an eye out if you're interested in the facilities and what's going on with this area. We're, we're going to produce more content on this. Yeah, especially if you were a part of all the history that they were talking about that would be awesome to get other viewpoints on it and i'm definitely curious about uh when the name changed yeah we're gonna find that out <laughs> we're gonna find that out somebody's either gonna leave us a comment or we're gonna find it ourselves one of the two we'll, we'll, we'll get that information <laughs> yeah all right well i'm sergeant chelsea baker and i'm specialist david erskine and we'll catch you in the next episode